30. Nothing is unbreakable. Sunday, October 4. 38 days until the conference. 508 registrations. The weekend had been glorious. Driving home on Sunday night, Victor was sitting behind the wheel, feeling relaxed, listening to music. He felt almost as happy as when he had just met Denise. And they would spend whole nights driving around the city in his first car, just because they could. Back then it was a grass green opal manta, quite a contrast to the comfortable gray Volvo they were driving now. It was a clammy evening, so he had turned on the air conditioning. Up ahead he saw lightning flashes. Denise was dozing in the seat next to him, her head wobbling against the seatbelt. The light from the street lanterns was shining on her relaxed face. They ought to do this sort of thing more often, he thought. Yesterday evening, he had turned off his laptop and phone and decided not to turn them back on before Monday morning. They finally had some time for each other again without all of those beeps and bleeps, which were so good at distracting them from what it was all about. Real contact. They had talked. They had laughed. They had the best ever. He smiled. His wife's phone rang and she was startled from her sleep. Drowsily, she looked at the screen and frowned, no idea. With her eye on Victor, she picked up, Denise Van Wheelie. Oh, hello, Jacques. What a pleasure. Victor looked at her. Jacques was calling his wife? Yes, he's sitting next to me, but he's driving. Okay, no problem. He'll call you right back. Victor shook his head. What on earth could be so important that Jacques had to disturb him on a Sunday evening? And on Denise's phone? That wonderful, serene sense of calm he was enjoying so much was instantly gone. At the first available stop point, he phoned Jacques back. The latter skipped the social talk and got straight to the point. Man, why are you so hard to reach? Can't you see what's happening? Happening where? Involuntarily, Victor glanced upward. There was a rumble in the sky. On the internet. Victor calmly explained that he had been offline since the night before, which only seemed to add to Jacques' aggravation. Offline. You have no idea then. YouTube has exploded. Our Facebook page is full of hate mail and nasty pictures, and you don't want to know the things they're calling us on Twitter. Victor paced around the parking lot as he listened to this and saw a man disappearing into the bushes. Public urinating. Such a nasty habit. Are you even listening to me? Jacques' voice droned in Victor's ear. Yes, I'm listening, but so far I don't understand any of it. The Supernor video was picked up by some radical animal lovers, and they've labeled it animal abuse. What? Friday night, when Victor had been in the car to Maastricht, the first reaction to Professor Gentle's message had been posted, Jacques explained. A discussion flared up. Which turned grim when Violet Righteous from Animal Revolution joined in. According to her, this video represented something much bigger. It was a classic example of online exploitation of innocent animals. 
Also, the Instagram photo of Pookie dressed in doll's clothes was targeted. It was like an epidemic, she had written. All of those animals being forced into human situations. Was an animal no longer allowed to be an animal? She hadn't kept her furious plea to RodentNet, but she had spread it across Twitter and Facebook, too. It turned out an entire army of animal lovers had been concerned about this for a while. Victor saw another man pass by, following the first one into the bushes. Suddenly he understood what was happening and rushed back towards his car. But someone has responded, right? He was getting warm in the pressing night air. It escalated quickly. You weren't here, that Casper of yours didn't do anything either, and by the time I saw it, they'd already taken it way further than it ever should have gone. Victor paced back and forth in front of his car. He answered Denise's worried look with a tight face, focusing in order to fully grasp what he was hearing. Animal revolution found enough reasons in our conference program to tear down our image even further, continued Jacques. Cadaver management, lab animals, extermination. But they're part of that session. I know, but they're trying to make a point, and they have found a reason to do it. You bet it's no coincidence this is happening on World Animal Day. This afternoon, they publicly asked pet foodies on Twitter whether they still wanted to be associated with the animal torturers of the Rodentia Conference. Well, I'll be exclaimed Victor. Animal torturers? Us? Surely Pet Foodies has countered it. They wanted nothing more than to work with us. We even mentioned them in all sorts of communications. Which is why they were extra sensitive to it, said Jacques, who seemed to calm down as Victor got more worked up. Their PR firm called me. The commotion was very inconvenient for them, especially because they started a big campaign today with their love for animals at the center of it. I talked until I was blue in the face, but they said public opinion is always right. Tomorrow they'll be advising pet foodies to retreat as a sponsor of Rodentia, and they won't be doing it quietly. Victor couldn't imagine anyone seeing animal suffering in that video of Pookie. The fact that even a professional party like Pet Foodies would allow themselves to be hyped up by these activists was utterly beyond his comprehension. Victor, asked Jacques, if they pull out, will you still be able to make the conference work financially? A car, which drove onto the parking lot, honked three times. Automatically, Victor put his hand up. Pet Foodies isn't pulling out, he said. How can you be so sure? Because I won't let them. He would call those PR cowards himself in the morning, before they had a chance to grant pet foodies their advice. He asked Denise to drive the rest of the way, so he could check on his phone what exactly was going on. When he switched it on, he saw 19 missed calls, most of them from Jacques. He watched Pookie's video on YouTube, with a heavy weight on his chest, as though it was about something he had lost. Carefully, he scrolled down to see the comments. The top one said, No, to animal suffering. Underneath it, Animals are no toys. And further down, Not funny, F-U-N-Y, for the guinea pig.
They didn't even know how to spell, but they had the audacity to judge the video, which Pookie had actually enjoyed. He closed the YouTube window and threw his phone against the dashboard. They're all completely nuts, he said to his wife. Out of their minds. She shook her head. Don't let them get to you, Victor. He was absolutely not letting them get to him. What were they thinking with their cheap activism? Trying to ruin his conference. And for what? Because Pookie had to run around a circuit? It was stupid and unreasonable. He could slap himself for not having responded to it earlier. He picked up his phone to post a reaction. But Denise's presence distracted him. The car was moving too much, and the buttons on his phone were far too small. He would never get used to that. Take this one, he said at the next exit. I'm going into the office. Surprised, she looked at him. Now? Can it wait until the morning? I'm not going to let them accuse us like this. Who do they think they are? His wife tried to argue, but he wasn't having any of it. He was the director of Natso Ropro. They had done nothing wrong, and he would put it right immediately. The office was quiet and dark. Once his computer was on, the first thing he opened was his email. It took a long time to load. There were hundreds of messages. Most of them came from complete strangers, activists who held him personally responsible for all the animal suffering supposedly caused by funny pictures and videos of animals on the Internet. Every email was signed with the same demand. Stop, Supernor. Stop, animal suffering. Stop, Rodentia. He read three of the activists' messages, but became so angry he deleted the rest of them without reading. This took him an hour and gave him a slight sense of regained control. The remaining emails cost him more time, such as the message from the international chairman of the Rodent Network, demanding why he couldn't be reached and what he was going to do about all of this commotion. Victor composed a diplomatic email in which he assured the man that he was fully in control. The next email was one with three exclamation marks, which had been sent by the conference center on Friday afternoon. We implore you to pay the second installment within 48 hours or we will be forced to cancel your reservation. Final date for payment was three weeks ago. Not that, too. He knew they were behind, but this was particularly inconvenient timing. He forwarded it to Martine. She would have to string them along a little longer. The PR firm for Pet Foodies wrote, in relation to the recent doubts about your campaign's attitude towards animal welfare, we will advise our client. He read what he already knew and closed the email. He would call them in the morning, the weasels. There were also messages from other sponsors, who had apparently also been approached by Animal Revolution. They asked whether Natso Ropro would be taking a public stance because they did not wish to be associated with animal cruelty. Victor looked around to Pookie, who was surprisingly awake. You loved that slide, didn't you, boy? He said aloud in the quiet room. Pookie weaked, and Victor, slightly reluctantly, gave him a pet foodie's treat. If only they could see you now. 
other animals would be lucky to have it as good as you do. He entwined his fingers, stretched his hands out before him, and then opened Twitter. The perfect medium to reach as many people as possible in little time. When he searched hashtag Rodentia15, he was prepared, and indeed, full of activist slogans. Those narrow-minded troublemakers. He typed the first thing that came into his head. Natso Ropro is a serious organization with a high regard for animal welfare. We have never had the intention to cause any animal harm of any. At that point, he reached 140 characters. Twitter. It had to be shorter. He started over. Supernor's name is Pookie and he is perfectly happy. Hashtag Rodentia15. He looked at it once more. Never post a message when you're tired or emotional, Ronald had explained. But in this crisis, time was of the essence. And what he said was true. He clicked tweet. Satisfied, he leaned back until the first beeps sounded. The replies came in from all over the world. How their video said otherwise. How guinea pigs in dolls' clothes was animal cruelty regardless, and that supernar came across as anything but super. Frowning, he looked at the screen, on which tweets were appearing in rapid succession. He would show them. He took a picture of Pookie, who willingly faced the camera. It took some effort to get it onto Twitter. Usually Katja helped him with this. But it worked. New replies followed from people who thought this proved the animal was in bad shape. Admittedly, the flash on his phone didn't offer the most flattering light, but you couldn't say Pookie looked unhealthy or stressed, right? Others wondered whether he was aware of guinea pigs being very sociable animals. Why then was this one all alone in a cage? He was grateful when he spotted a familiar face among the replies. Begoffer explaining that in previous pictures, Pookie had looked a little dull, but how this had been due to a vitamin C shortage, which had been solved now. That too got furious reactions. What was he thinking going as far as to allow a sick guinea pig to star in such a video? He countered each objection and answered every question, but the objections kept coming. It was as if his arguments only fueled the opposing party. He typed faster and faster. His answers became shorter and shorter. And when his wife called, he ignored her call and turned the sound off. He had to keep going. The bright light from the computer screen made his eyes sting. His back ached from involuntarily moving to the edge of his seat. For one moment, he stood up to stretch and shake out his hands. From that position, he looked at the screen, where the tweets kept rolling in. He tried to ease his own mind. They were only words, and there was an answer to everything. They had gotten so far already. He jumped up when thunder struck nearby, followed by the tapping of raindrops against the window panes, which got heavier by the second. An enormous downpour followed. He opened the window, the rain getting blown in his face. Dripping wet, he sat back down. The first tweet he saw was, Is it still on? Hashtag Rodentia15. A shiver ran down his spine, and he looked out the window. 
Through the curtain of rain, he saw the lights of the conference center in the distance. He placed his fingers on the keyboard and typed, without a doubt,